Welcome to Tea Time with Mary. I'm your host, Mary Jolkowski. I'm a former bikini fitness model turned self-love advocate. And this is the podcast that'll inspire you to love yourself. Hello, everyone. I feel like I need a name for you. Like, I don't want to just say everyone. I've heard on one podcast, she calls everybody her chickens. So she says, hello, my chickens. I've also heard like loves, 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 babes. I don't know. Those don't feel like me. Internet friends. I like internet friends, but I also feel like that's informal because like we can be friends in real life too. So I don't know. In the meantime, I'm just going to go with everyone. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Tea Time with Mary. Today, we're talking about the juicy, juicy topic of body confidence in the bedroom. And not just in the bedroom, but anytime you're getting intimate or sexual or sensual with somebody, how do we be confident? Um, I don't know about you, but I used to hate taking off my clothes in front of somebody. I would hate sex with the lights on. I wouldn't even allow it. I would always wear a big t-shirt. I would always be thinking about how can I contortion and manipulate my body so that he doesn't see my rolls or God forbid my cellulite. And it really took away from the experience. So no joke, I didn't have an orgasm until like really recently, until probably like maybe two years ago. Um, and I started having sex when I was in high school. So, you know, it's, it's a thing, like it takes away from the present moment. It takes away from your pleasure. And what it does, it just reaffirms the belief that we must look a certain way before we can enjoy and feel pleasure in our bodies. And that is so, so not true. So today I just wanted to talk about things that have personally helped me have more body confidence when it came to sex and my sexuality and sensuality, which are totally different things. I'll explain that later. And intimacy and everything in between. So this is the V-Day episode and I'm calling it V-Day because I refuse to call it Valentine's Day because that just puts it down into that commercialized holiday that forces everybody to buy expensive things and candies that go rotten and not go rotten, but candies that have been sitting in the store for like a year. And that just grosses me out the whole commercialization of another day of our life that is supposed to be a day we show each other love, but we should show each other love every day. So anyways, I get it. I um, totally get if you acknowledge or celebrate Valentine's Day. I think it's a great opportunity to show the person that you love that you love them, but also know that Valentine's Day is also just another day and it is just another capitalistic mechanism to get you to buy more things. Okay. Yep. Now that I'm done with that, let's move forward. I call it V-Day because I also really like the like little hint at Vagina Day because if you don't do Valentine's Day. I mean, this could totally be a Valentine's Day with yourself if you like that kind of stuff, but we will talk about that. Okay. So first I want to tell you a story just to get, you know, just so that we get comfortable with each other. I'm going to open up a little bit um, about a scenario that happened while I was having sex with somebody and it like flipped my whole world upside down. It literally just shook me. And I, I remember this so vividly. I remember the sounds. I remember the smells. I remember everything. And um, to some people, it might not be a big deal. But to me, it really was because 
I suddenly started questioning my identity and who I was. So what had happened was I was sleeping with this guy who also I didn't know I was the side and he had a mane, but that's another story. Anyways, this guy was like toxic and hurtful and mean and horrible. And just every part of this relationship was awful, just awful. I can't even tell you, but I didn't like myself very much. In fact, I would say that I hated myself and I looked for for validation from men. And he was one of the people that I wanted to be validated by the most, um, unfortunately. And I wish I could go back and tell, you know, 17, 18 year old me that you don't need his bitch ass in your life. But that is not what happened. Learning experience. So anyways, do you see how I am procrastinating telling you this story? Because... I am so nervous to tell it because it still shakes me just thinking about it. Okay, I'm going to get to it. Okay, I'm ready. So we're getting intimate. We're in the bedroom. And he would always like make me be on top because he was so lazy. Like he didn't want to do anything. And I would be on top. And I remember this one time. It was about maybe a month or two after my last bikini competition. So if you're not familiar with the fitness competition space, like basically you cut down and run your body down to the ground for a show. And you basically only look like that for that one day. And then after you stop training so hard and after you start drinking water um, and eating a little bit more food, like obviously some of the weight comes back. So For me, you know, I had a lot of struggles with binge eating. So my weight came back like tenfold and I was always yo-yoing. Like I would diet down for a show and then after a show I would gain a bunch of weight. So this was a few months after. So I had just gained, you know, maybe 10, 20 pounds um, in like a month, which isn't horrible. But for me at the time, it was horrible. And I remember being on top of him and him muttering I'm so glad that you're not skinny anymore. I don't like to fuck skinny girls or skinny bitches or something like that. The way he said it was very vulgar. um, And it turned my whole world upside down because two things had happened. One, he called me not skinny, which was what I wanted to be my whole life. And this was the first person that like to my face in this kind of vulnerable capacity told me that I wasn't skinny. And for me, being not skinny meant worthless, meant pathetic, meant lazy, meant you're a failure, meant you're ugly, and everything in between. I used every single ounce of my willpower of my body just to be skinny. And then the second thing that happened was, oh my God, I tortured myself to be thin and everything was a waste. You know, like the one guy that I wanted to validate me didn't. Um, And it was just, like I said, it was a huge identity shift for me because it questioned the two things that I really believed, which was being skinny was the best thing you could be and that apparently I'm not skinny. And then the second thing was that all my efforts to be skinny were wasted because that didn't even get me the validation that I was searching for. So it was... Like from this moment, I just felt so self-conscious getting naked in general. And then after this, I I didn't even know how to feel or what to feel. And the sad thing is because I was always searching for approval from men, I never even thought to 
search for approval from myself. Like I never even thought that that was a solution that the reason why I'm constantly chasing validation is because I don't like myself. But for some reason that didn't occur to me at the time because when I was in the fitness industry and when I was dieting so much, I always was just thinking about getting the perfect body and that when I get the perfect body, everything else will be perfect. So it took me a lot of time to rewire this. And honestly, there are so many things that made a difference for me besides diving deep into the self-love journey and this this kind of work. Um, I also, you know, started distancing myself from people that would treat me like this. Now, it took a while. I think that after this guy, I still had like a year or so where I was still, you know, seeking, seeking, seeking validation. And then the reason that it stopped is because I was actually in a long-term relationship. So I'm very grateful for that. But I also wonder how would I have done it if I didn't get into a relationship? So anyways, I got some work to do around there as well. But I just want you to realize that your body is created for you and feeling pleasure in your body is not shameful. So I'm not telling you the story to say that like sex is bad. On the contrary, sex is is amazing if it makes you feel good in your body, if it's not a thing that you do in order to get approval from somebody, if it's not something that causes you pain and insecurity. And I think rewriting the narrative of what sexy is, is a really good start to that because your body is not for anybody else besides you and you deserve to feel pleasure in your body. And I know that word pleasure scares some of us because we're so not used to saying it. And we're so, we think like, I don't know about you, but when I think about the word pleasure, I instantly get an image in my head of somebody masturbating. In reality, like pleasure could be just like eating chocolate and savoring it, right? Like that is sexy. Like picture yourself just like, eating chocolate, like that's a turn on. There's so many things that are pleasurable that have nothing to do with sex. And your body's your home. So I want you to stop giving it to fuck boys, to diet culture, and to anybody who questions your beauty. And that includes changing, like to do that, you really have to change how you question and approach your beauty and your sexuality. So now that we have that out of the way, that vulnerable story, I share that with you because I know that, well, I don't know, but maybe you can relate or maybe there's been a point in your life where you were getting sexual or intimate and just didn't feel good enough um, and just wanted to hide in a hole. And that can manifest in so many different ways, but it's definitely happened to me more times than just that one time. I just vividly remember what that guy had said to me. So I share this with you because we're done, okay? Like vow to me that you are done feeling ashamed of your body, of your sexuality, of sex, of pleasure, and that you are ready to embrace that. Like vow to me right now, like put your pinky up, my pinky is up, swear, pinky swear. Okay, cool. So first things first. I'm going to paint you another picture. You know how you, you know, get naked in front of somebody or things start getting heated, whatever that looks like for you. And, you know, you're feeling a little bit insecure about your body and he's all turned on or she, or sorry, I'm so sorry that I speak in heteronormative terms. It's just what's real for me. So I apologize of the slip ups. I don't mean that. I mean, anybody you're getting intimate with. Um, 
anybody you're getting intimate with, like, you know how they're all turned on, you're all turned on. But then in the back of your head, you have that voice inside your head that's telling you, oh my God, they're going to see your body and they're going to hate it and they're going to reject you. So you decide that so that you don't risk the risk of being rejected by them, you reject yourself. And what that looks like is you start talking shit to yourself because what your brain does is it says that, no, I'm not going to let anybody talk shit to me. I would rather talk worse shit to myself so that way it doesn't hurt as bad in case somebody else does it. So it's like a protective mechanism. I always say like I rejected myself so that nobody else could reject me. And I know that's just such a big, heavy thought to like come to terms with, but it's true. That's why we judge ourselves so harshly because we are so scared of being judged by other people that we decide that if I judge myself the hardest, then nothing else can hurt, which isn't true, right? It still hurts, but you know, that's kind of what our brain does. And so, you know, you start getting these bad body image thoughts as you're getting naked and intimate and suddenly they look at you and they're like, wow, you're so beautiful. And you go, no, oh my God, no, I have my fat roll and I'm so sorry. I gained a lot of weight and I meant to go to the gym. And suddenly you start verbalizing all of those insecurities. And you basically, what you did was you rejected not only their compliment, but you also rejected like what they believe about you, which is so much deeper than a compliment. You're not just rejecting what they said. You're rejecting one of their beliefs about you as a person. They feel that you're beautiful, whether you're naked or not. But anytime you verbalize your insecurity like that, or you reject something kind that somebody says to you, that is you rejecting them. And it doesn't feel good. I mean, think about when you're telling somebody a compliment or an acknowledgement or something nice, right? And they say, no, oh my God, like this shirt, like uh, just $5, like lay in my closet. And you're like, oh, just take the compliment. Like, I really like your shirt. Like, I want you to feel good. You know, it's it's a little bit frustrating. I don't know if it is as frustrating for you as for me, but I think because I'm so deep in this work, I instantly recognize it as somebody really not feeling comfortable receiving love. And what happens when we verbalize these insecurities, particularly in the bedroom, is that, and I'm going to be super honest with you, it's a turnoff. It's not only a turnoff for them, but it's also a turnoff for you. Because suddenly you have made real, you've actualized the thoughts that you're thinking. And suddenly, instead of being in the moment, you both are in this awkward situation where, you know, you have to think about like, oh my God, is she, you know, really fat or why, why is she talking about this? Or, you know, it just, you just begin to question the whole thing when from the very get go, like getting naked in front of somebody, this is the other funny thing I was thinking about. Like when you're getting naked in front of somebody, when you're getting intimate in whatever capacity, do you think that they don't know what you look like underneath your clothes? Because I don't know about you, but when I see a clothed human and I'm like fantasizing about them, I pretty much know or assume almost exactly what they look like. Like maybe not to a T, maybe I don't know like the scars they have or whatever. But in terms of like body size and shape, like you can 
pretty much infer what a person looks like underneath their clothes. It's not going to be a total shock to somebody if you get naked and then they see a roll or a little bloated belly. Like They're not going to be like, oh my God, this is totally not what I pictured. I pictured somebody eight sizes smaller. Nobody nobody thinks that way. <laughs> like We don't think that way, right? When we get intimate with somebody, we're already sexually attracted to them. So I want you to keep that in mind that if somebody is getting intimate with you, whether it's your significant other for decades and decades or years or whatever, or it's somebody new, they pretty much already know what you look like. There's nothing that would surprise them. Very, very rarely, unless somebody is like really insecure and has never seen a woman's body and has never, you know, appreciated a woman's body and expected something totally different. I don't know what the scenario may be that you get into bed with somebody and they're just shocked by what they see. That literally will not happen. It just it just won't. So keep that in mind. Um, and the other thing, which I started off with and now I'm rambling, is to don't verbalize those negative thoughts that you're feeling. Because remember, your thoughts are just thoughts. You don't have to believe everything that you think. Just because the diet culture voice or the eating disordered voice or just the the society voice that's constantly telling you that you're not good enough, just because that kind of shows up in your head, it doesn't mean that it's real. It doesn't mean that it's the truth. And you always have to question what you think is true because usually what you think is true is actually not true. It's just what you were made to believe. You grew up with people and society and everything in the media making you believe these things, but it's not the truth. Now, one thought experiment I'd love to do is to ask myself, if I were on a deserted island with nobody around me, would I feel insecure about my body? The answer is always no, because if there's nobody around you, there's nobody to make you feel insecure about your body. There's no reason to be insecure about your body. And the answer is no, we're never born hating our bodies. We're taught to hate our bodies. And we can unteach ourselves that same exact thing. It takes a lot of work. Um, That's why I, you know, hopefully you find the podcast helpful and my Instagram helpful and my ebook. Um, If you're into that or my retreats, that's why I have tools like this because it is a lot of conscious work. But you can. You can unlearn those, those beliefs that people have placed on women and beauty standards and what women should look like. So I want you to not just stop, just vow to yourself that anytime you're getting intimate with somebody, I don't care if you've known them forever or if you are having a one night stand, do not verbalize your insecurities. And one thing that I do in my head is I say, cancel, cancel, cancel. Like literally cancel, cancel, cancel. Say that to yourself out loud in the mirror when you go to the bathroom to pee. Cancel, cancel, cancel those bad thoughts. And the reason why I say don't verbalize them is I'm going to reiterate that once you verbalize something, it becomes that much more real. It makes it really awkward for the other person. It makes you feel awkward because they feel awkward. And the chances are they were never thinking anything in the first place. So you verbalizing that, it's just killing the freaking mood. Okay. And it doesn't make anything better. Now, On the flip side, just because I know people are going to ask, and this is really, really important, on the flip side, verbalizing your insecurities in the moment is not the same as vulnerably sharing with a partner that you trust and you feel really safe with. That is not the same thing. I'm not saying never talk about 
your insecurities with somebody that you trust. I actually am a big proponent of discussing things that you're insecure about with your partner, as long as you know that you feel safe with them and that they're going to be comfortable and that they're going to offer some really kind words of support and encouragement. What I mean is don't verbalize things in the moment. And I don't think that as you're getting naked and as both of you are turned on and in the mood and about to have really hot sex, I don't think that is the time to discuss your insecurities. I think you can talk about it over dinner. I think you could talk about it, do pillow talk, talk about it at night or afterwards. What would happen if instead of saying things in the moment, you waited a little bit, you had sex, and then maybe you were, you know, laying on your pillow in bed and you were, you said something like, you know, I was really nervous because I'm having, you know, bad body image thoughts and thank you so much for that experience. Like it was great because I didn't think about my body after I let go. Like what if you opened up that dialogue afterwards or before or whenever, but a different place other than when you're right in the moment, you know, it just feels like not the time and it doesn't feel helpful. It feels like it's just like shooting yourself in the foot. So anyways, make sure that whoever you are getting intimate with, you're feeling safe and comfortable and make sure that whoever you are talking about your insecurities with, make sure that you feel safe and comfortable with them because it's a big thing to talk about. You know, Um, the other thing that I want you to remember is that your partner is human too. You're both in the same bed. I mean, boat. I mean, no bed, you're both in the same bed or wherever you're at, but remember that your partner, sorry, I'm getting parched here. I'm going to take a dramatic sip of water. Okay. Your partner is also human and they also feel insecurities. So going back to that, like verbalizing your negative thoughts, the other thing that it does when you say like, oh my God, like I don't work out today. You know what your partner's thinking? They're not thinking, oh my God, she didn't work out today. They're thinking, oh fuck, I didn't work out today either. Like, what is she thinking about my body? And we know this because when somebody talks about their body negatively, we get insecure about our body, right? We never look at somebody and think, oh yeah, they they, they suck, they're fat, like whatever. No, we're thinking, oh my God, what about me? We're always thinking about ourselves. So Like I said, it kills the mood for both of you and it's not supportive. It's not the same thing as vulnerably sharing. I really encourage vulnerably sharing, okay? I really encourage open conversations with your partner. There are so many ways that you can go about that. But really, I and I get this question on Instagram a lot, like how do I talk to my partner about my body image struggles? There really is no right or wrong way. I think just setting the tone and telling them that, You just want them to listen and you just want them to try to understand and that you're not expecting them to fix anything that you need to just share because you love them and because you trust them. And that's it. And I think that setting that tone and taking away the expectations that they're going to fix it is going to be a huge part of speaking to your partner about body image struggles because suddenly the pressure is off of them. And the last thing you want is to put pressure on somebody else to fix you. So make sure you tell them, especially, and I've noticed this with men the most, but I find that men 
often try to fix things. And when they can't fix things right away, they get really frustrated with themselves. And when you're talking to somebody about something you're struggling with, especially a man, he's going to be like, okay, well, what can I do to fix it? Okay, you're beautiful. Okay, here's some new lingerie. Okay, cool. Let's have sex. Like, what can I do to fix it? But, you know, these kinds of things, they don't need fixing. So you really have to set the tone that nothing that you can do, nothing you do will help fix it, at least not overnight. I just really need you to listen. If you listen, that's like the biggest help. That that would be the biggest help, right? So that's one way that I found to be really helpful is prefacing it with what what do you expect out of them? Because it's really hard to go into a conversation where the person doesn't know what to expect and then they feel pressured and then you feel upset because they're upset because they can't do anything about it and it just ends up being a mess. So don't do that. Just share for the sake of sharing and set that tone. Okay, next up. We're going to talk about masturbating and orgasms and feeling more pleasure in your body. Ah, Dramatic sip of water. Okay. So do you masturbate? I want you to like ask yourself this. Do you ever masturbate? Okay, cool. Thanks for sharing with me. (laughs) If you do, I want you to think about what does that look like for you? Now, I don't know about you, but for me, masturbation was always a thing that was done in private, that I wanted to be over as soon as possible, and that I felt really ashamed of once it was done. So I wouldn't even consider that masturbating. I would consider that, I mean, that's not, I guess that is masturbating, but that's not masturbating in a pleasurable, loving way with yourself. Then one day, I decided to pretend like I was in a movie and draw myself a bubble bath and sit with my waterproof vibrator from Plus One. Um, Plus One, by the way, is a vibrator brand that I really, really love if you want to check them out. But what I loved is that their stuff was waterproof. So I bought a couple of those and I sat there in the bathtub. And for like the first 10 minutes, I didn't dare touch them, let alone look at them because I was so scared of experiencing pleasure in my body. And then I turned it on and I made it a whole thing and I took it slow and I enjoyed every moment. And once I was done or once I orgasmed, I didn't just run away from it and feel ashamed. On the contrary, I laid in the bath and I let myself enjoy it. That is the difference between shameful masturbation and empowering masturbation. One is hush, hush, no, no, bad, bad. And the other is fuck yes. Okay. Now I'm a big proponent of self-pleasuring for many, many reasons. One of them is because it really lets you reconnect to your body. It really lets you explore your body and feel the joys of being alive. And part of the joys of feeling of being alive are your clitoris. Did you know that your clitoris exists for pleasure and pleasure only? There's like no functional use of the clitoris besides pleasure. Yeah, I learned that in a book called Come As You Are, uh, which is a really, really good book. Come As You Are, I think, is by... um, a woman named Emily Nagoski, but it's Come As You Are. And then another book that I've loved is called Pussy, A Reclamation. And both of these books are very empowering because they let you take back the power of your pussy, take back the power of your pleasure. And 
let yourself experience that. So if you don't masturbate, going back to the original question, or if you don't self-pleasure, I want you to ask yourself why. I want you to ask yourself, what is it about your upbringing or society or who or what has made you feel like it was a bad thing to do? And if you're having some, some sort of resistance to this, that's okay. Like it's totally okay to hate everything that I'm saying. Um, and my, my, maybe not my job, but my intention is to always challenge you and to invite you to see things differently as opposed to just be fluffy and give you pep talks and, and tell you that everything's okay because everything's not okay. Because we also, we always have to be questioning and challenging our beliefs about things. That's what's going to get us to the other side of empowerment, right? So if you don't like self-pleasuring or if the thought of it makes you sick, I want you to ask yourself why. And I do have an answer for you. The answer is the patriarchy. The answer is that everything is created for male pleasure, men's pleasure, and the male gaze. And everything is created for men to feel good about themselves. And not that many things. I mean, now we're getting better. But from history, most things were not created for women. Nobody really cared about if a woman felt good. Did you know that back in the day, men were supposed to have a wife? who takes care of the house and the children, and a lover who pleasures them because men's pleasure was always important. It was always important that a man came and had an orgasm because it was said, and I think I even heard this in a Shakespearean play, it was said that if a man didn't release that sexual tension, he couldn't concentrate. Would you look at that? How convenient of a reasoning. Yeah. So if that doesn't make you upset, like it should Because like I said, everything's always centered around male pleasure. And for whatever reason, woman's pleasure was always shameful. So here's what I want you to think about. It's not true. Nothing about self-pleasuring is shameful. I get so many messages on Instagram whenever I do a vibrator post because um, I do work with the brand called Plus One. And they've been so gracious to support my message and allow me to talk about something that most people don't talk about. And when I do talk about self-pleasuring or using sex toys in the bedroom with a partner or wherever and however you want to use them, it's all totally okay. And it's a way for you to explore your body. But so many people slide into my DMs and tell me how gross it is, how it's TMI, how, you know, this is not appropriate, how it's unprofessional, all this stuff. I even got one message last week because I posted a picture of me charging my plus one toy (laughs) next to my curling iron. So I was like heating up my curling iron and charging my vibrator. And then somebody was like, don't mix them up, which I thought was really funny. And then one person replied saying, wow, masturbation question mark really question mark sex is so open in the united states i'm like well no first of all it's not open in the united states it's just me i mean there are certain people that are more open about it but (laughs) there are also a lot of people in the united states and all over the world that still see it as shameful and i think we need to be done with that i think we need to explore our bodies and feel pleasure in our bodies and take back what's ours in the first place because like i said your body is not made for anybody else besides you and feeling pleasure in your body is natural it's normal and it's necessary 
It is necessary for you to get onto the other side of body image struggles. You have to feel pleasure in your body. You have to feel what your body's capable of, not just running and jumping and whatever, picking, lifting stuff up, lifting metal off the ground. You have to see what your body is capable of pleasurably. What is what the pleasure that it can bring you? It can bring you so much pleasure and joy, whether, like I said, it's taste buds when you're eating a piece of chocolate, and that is pretty orgasmic in and of itself, but also in the sexual sense and the sensual sense. Speaking of which, I haven't told you the difference between sexuality and sensuality. I'm going to have a dramatic sip of water. Being sensual is not the same thing as being sexual. Being sexual has more to do with sex, whereas being sensual has more to do with feelings and emotions. And so one thing that I that I always say is that you have to get yourself in the sensual mood before you can get in the sexual mood. And one thing that's going to help you feel really sexy and confident in the bedroom is to set that tone for the sensual mood. So sometimes we come home from work and then we cook dinner and then we find ourselves in bed with whoever we're, you know, having sex with, whether it's our husband or partner, whoever. And we find ourselves in bed and we feel like we're obligated to have sex, right? And we feel like that same person that came from a long day at work and that just cooked dinner for everybody and the kids, right? has to now have sex with their partner. Um, Or, you know, it's kind of, it feels obligatory or it feels like you didn't do anything to prep for it. Or if your partner doesn't get you wet or if you guys don't do foreplay, then it's kind of going to hurt for you and you just have to deal with it. Like, no, fuck that. Fuck that. What I want you to start doing in order to kind of build that sensuality in the bedroom is to have some kind of transition in between your life and your sensual self. So meaning if you do go into the bedroom and you are in the mood and you really want to have some sex, whether it's with yourself or with a partner, what if you just like lit a candle and played some really nice, intimate, sexy music? I have like so many playlists on Spotify that you would love if you want to go check those out. Um, but what if you what if you did just something as simple as that to get you into the mood so that you're not relying on your partner to get you in the mood? What if you could get yourself in the mood? What if you put on some lingerie for yourself? And what if you started touching yourself or using a toy before your partner even joined? And then you can continue using it later on or whatever you want. But what if you were in charge of your pleasure and your sensual mood? What if it didn't depend on somebody else? How empowering is that? Putting lingerie for yourself, lighting a candle for yourself, playing some music, doing a dance, getting yourself just hot and sexy and feeling good and not putting that power in the hands of somebody else. That's one thing that we need to start remembering is that whenever we are having a role shift, (coughs) excuse me, whenever we're having a role shift, so like I said, going from being a badass working woman to a mom to a wife to a sensual and sexual partner, oftentimes we don't take a moment of intentionality. So this is what happens when we bring work home right? When we, get, when we get done with a long, stressful day at work and we come home and we take it out on our family. It's because we don't take a moment of intentionality to be like, okay, I'm no longer working. Now I am going to be a loving family member to my family. 
And then from there, okay, I'm no longer a mom and a wife. Now I am a sex panther. (laughs) And taking that moment of intentionality for yourself so that you're not bringing different insecurities and thoughts and bad events that happen throughout the day into the bedroom. because That's a buzz kill. And that is definitely not going to make you feel sexy and confident. It's going to make you feel disempowered and weak, you know? So think about ways that you can bring bring sensuality into the picture before you start embracing your sexuality. That is just as important. Um, I already mentioned to you the two books, Come As You Are and Pussy, A Reclamation. I highly recommend um, the vibrators that I use, which I challenge you to start, not challenge, I invite you. This is a freaking invitation, girl. This is going to change your life. I invite you to start exploring your body in the form of either your fingers or sex toys. Like I said, I really love Plus One because they're so affordable and you can literally get them at Target or Amazon or Walmart or wherever. Um, they are, they're all under $35. And like I said, I do work with plus one on social media, but I wouldn't be recommending to recommending them to you unless they were amazing. And trust me, they are amazing. They have one that's called the air pulsing arouser and it's like for your clitoris. Um, and it is beautiful. And (coughs) what I love is that you can use those with a partner. So they're not just for you by yourself. I think you by yourself is great, but I like having them handy dandy so that my boyfriend knows exactly where they're located so that he can pull them out and surprise me whenever we're having sex, the two of us. And it doesn't mean that they're broken or that they can't make you come or whatever. No, like all of these things are myths. All of these ideas about like, oh, well, only lonely women use sex toys or only couples use, couples only use sex toys if they're really frisky and really out there and woo-woo and like, you know what I mean? Like, no, it's for like the every couple. It's just another, it's just an addition. It's definitely not a replacement for your partner. It's just a really cool addition that's going to make you feel amazing. So like, why not? Anyways, that is the vibrator that I love. And One last thought about feeling sexy and confident in the bedroom is that you weren't put on this planet to be sexually appealing to other people, but you were put on this planet to experience pleasure in your body. So think less about how other people feel about your body and more about how you feel about your body. Take time to reconnect to your own body for your sake not for the sake of anybody else. So this episode about feeling sexy and confident in the bedroom, it's not so that you look sexy and confident to somebody else. It's so that you feel sexy and confident to yourself. That's going to make a dramatic difference in your body image, your self-esteem, your confidence. And actually, I believe that empowerment in the bedroom translates to empowerment in all areas of your life. And the reason why I feel this way is, I mean, so many reasons, but you know, when you like just had sex and then the next day, like you, you go and you see a friend or you're at work and somebody's like, oh my God, you're glowing. Like, why do you think that is? It's because orgasms literally make you glow. They make you feel good. They, they are healthy. They're good for your body. There's endorphins and chemicals and everything working in favor of your pleasure. 
That's a really cool thought. And feeling empowered in the bedroom, you're just going to feel empowered. Like when you're empowered with your sexuality and empowered with your sensuality and you feel good in your body, you just show up to your life in such a more such a more powerful, empowered way. You show up as the best version of you that's like, fuck yeah, I can have orgasms and make a lot of money at work and take care of the children and go to church on Sunday, okay? Or synagogue, whatever floats your boat, right? Like it just feels like you're embracing all sides of you because that's what we get. That's what we're here to do on this planet. We, we're here on this planet to feel more and to express more. And you can't express more unless you feel more. So start feeling more into your body. Stop looking so much at your body and make sure that you express all versions of you because you can always be both and all. You can't, you don't have to be anything you want to be. You can be everything you want to be. I'm going to leave you with that on this lovely, lovely V-Day episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you have a great Valentine's Day. Again, remember, it's a commercialized holiday. If you're single on Valentine's Day, it's literally not a big deal at all. I used to stress about being single on Valentine's Day. Now I think it's silly. This year, my boyfriend and I decided that we're not doing gifts on Valentine's Day because we don't want to contribute to that commercialization um, and capitalism so to speak. So instead, we are just going to enjoy ourselves and show love like we do every day and have great hot sex like we do on many days as well. And I hope you do the same, whether you are by yourself or with somebody else or whatever. And yeah, let me know how you like this episode by screenshotting it and tagging me in your Instagram stories. Uh, Let me know if anything in particular resonated with you the most or if there's something you want me to expand more on in future episodes. I would be happy to do that. But in the meantime, toodaloo.